listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, February 16th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka is facing another hydro project that's likely to cost more than expected. The Green Lake Dam is nearing its 40th birthday and in need of major repairs. However, not only has borrowing the money to make those repairs become more expensive, the repairs themselves only grow more costly the longer the city delays taking action. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports on how the Sitka Assembly tackled the situation at its regular meeting on Tuesday. Sitka's electric department has a plan to rehabilitate the Green Lake Dam in three phases. Phase one was estimated to cost around $3 million, but in mid-2021, at the peak of the COVID pandemic, interest rates for borrowing dropped, and the Assembly saw an opportunity to borrow $4 million from the United States Department of Agriculture, assuming the same debt service they'd budgeted for $3 million. Municipal Administrator John Leach said the intent was to use the extra million dollars to cover some of Phase 2. The USDA greenlit the city's application in July of 2021, but the process to get the loan took a long time. There were some legal and logistical questions to resolve, and the loan agreement wasn't finalized until December of last year. Rates have gone back up. I think they're at about 3.5% right now. So uh, our, our cost of debt has changed from when we first applied for this, and we're in a bit of a difficult predicament here. Um, we still need the money for the project, um, although we've the, the first phase is essentially sunk. We've already spent our own funds, correct? Uh, we've already spent our own funds out of working capital to make that happen, but we still need to, uh, still need to move forward with the rest. Phase one of the Green Lake Dam project covered repairs to the water supply portion of the dam. Now they need to replace two generators that haven't been overhauled since they were installed nearly four decades ago. And while they're working fine for their age, Utility Director Scott Elder said the city would be risking a lot to further delay maintenance. But it's kind of like any other vehicle or piece of machinery. Um, if you make a choice to delay maintenance, you're running a higher risk. If you repair something while it's still in relatively good condition, you can expect more life out of it. Um, delaying maintenance on it, probably not our best idea. Our insurance companies are definitely watching. The higher interest rate would mean nearly double the interest payments over a 30-year period. But the federal interest rate is still lower than borrowing from the Alaska Municipal Bond Bank. Assemblymember Chris Yested asked what the consequences of not accepting the loan would be. You know, as I understand, we've already spent the money for phase one and potentially somewhat into phase two. How much does this hurt the capital fund for this? Can we operate with what is in there, or do we truly need this money to keep moving forward with matching and phase two and three of this project? Finance Director Melissa Haley said the capital needs were huge, and even if the assembly passed on this loan, eventually they'd have to borrow money. It might not be tomorrow, it might not be for this specific project, um, but not borrowing will certainly bring, it will certainly make it more difficult to move forward as quickly as we'd like to with the next phases of Green Lake. Haley added that the rate of inflation for capital projects is much higher than other rising rates, and any delay to funding the project could end up making repairs much more expensive. Assemblymember Kevin Mosher said he'd support the resolution to execute the loan agreement. In my mind, choosing nothing is not to move forward is not an option. We put off all these things for too long, and 
Um, we don't want to push our luck, so it has to be done. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis understood the need to balance the increased loan cost against the rising cost of inflation if the city were to delay any further. However, he hoped the city would hold off on spending as much of the extra money as it could. Going through this process does give us the $4 million. I think John understands to only pull out as needed to try and reduce um, some of the costs of this loan. And I, I would just hope, um, for at least my sake, um, kind of a gentleman's agreement that uh, as this money is started to expend, that we're just uh, updated on it. And it, um, that we're just aware of this, this cost because I, I really do think that we can keep um, including this in grant applications as we go forward. Ultimately, the assembly voted unanimously in favor of the resolution. Work on the Green Lake Dam continues with maintaining the two aging generators next on the docket. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. The Assembly's vote on the loan resolution was one of many 7-0 to decisions the Assembly made on Tuesday night. The group also unanimously approved $97,000 in funding for the Parks and Recreation Office and unanimously approved a $25,000 grant for the Alaska Trollers Association's Legal Defense Fund. You can read more about Tuesday's Sitka Assembly meeting on our website at kcaw.org. Residents in the southeast Alaska community of Yakutat have struggled with a logging conflict in recent years. The community's Alaska Native Corporation, Yaktat Kwan, started a logging subsidiary, Yak Timber, in 2018. The business began harvesting trees but ran into trouble when it proposed logging the nearby island of Kantok and then started logging at Humpback Creek. Corporation shareholders have voiced opposition, saying these areas are culturally important. The Humpback Creek site could hold house pits and a stone wall, according to some archaeologists. The local tribe and regional tribal government, Central Council of the Tlingit and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska, have asked Yak Timber to stop logging, but it hasn't. The corporation says it needs to make a profit as part of the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act, and they have loans to pay off. Freelance journalist Nad Hers visited Yakutat for a few days in mid-January to investigate. He wrote about his trip in his newsletter, Northern Journal. And he spoke with Coast Alaska's Angela Denning, who has also reported on the situation. He says Yakutat seems to agree that Humpback Creek is significant, but should it prevent logging is still in question. I don't think that anyone disputes that this was and is a important site on sort of a symbolic level that, you know, in ancient times, there was a dispute over who owned the creek, who had access to the creek, and then it was purchased by the clan that became the humpback salmon clan, the Quashkaquan. And then, you know, advance forward 500 or so years. And the question is, what is the exact importance of this site now? How important is it? How should we value it? And that's where you get, I think, very different points of view from the different sides involved. It seems like part of the conflict at the present is that some people want to get in there and find out how culturally significant it might be in terms of what might be there. Did you get the sense that the logging company or the corporation is open to that at this point? I I think so, but I think, you know, whether it actually happens remains to be seen. I think this all goes back to the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act of 1971, which transferred lands intended to settle indigenous claims to the land to for-profit native corporations, including 
Yaktat Kwan, the village corporation in Yakutat, which owns about 35 square miles near the town. That village corporation, Yaktat Kwan, is owned by, generally speaking, the indigenous people of Yakutat, the roughly 500 shareholders, but it's run by a, an elected board of directors and the tribal government that that also is sort of intended to benefit Yakutat Alaska Native residents because it doesn't have any sort of formal link or relationship with the village corporation, even though even though they're both sort of set up to benefit largely the same people, the tribe doesn't have any guaranteed access to the site. So they've been negotiating that over, I think, you know, the past few weeks or month. And the the folks from Yaktat Kwan and the timber company that I've talked to are sort of saying, look, we've we've told the tribal leadership that we will allow them in here later in the spring. But the tribal leadership that I spoke with basically is saying we don't have an agreement that's been signed, sealed, delivered on the dotted line. And based on kind of what we've seen from the village corporation and the timber subsidiary over the past couple of years, I think there's not a lot of trust there that that, that promise is, is going to be delivered, if that makes sense. I think that folks working with Yak Taquan and Yak Timber at some level do have an argument to be made that, you know, maybe there isn't that much specifically related to the humpback salmon clan, the Quashkaquan at this site, because this site was purchased as a salmon stream, not necessarily as a settlement. What's interesting is the 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 folks who I spoke to who have done kind of archaeological work at this area. They say the the evidence that's been found so far looks like it will likely connect to the settlement in that area of the previous indigenous group to live in that area that actually sold the creek to the humpback salmon clan. And, and that's the EAC. And then you, you know, get into a whole conversation of, okay, maybe it's not the humpback salmon clan's uh specific cultural heritage but it's someone else's cultural heritage and how much you know should we be valuing or or preserving that so i you know i think there's some interesting questions still to to come here that was reporter nat hers talking to coast alaska's angela denning you can hear a longer version of the interview online at kcaw.org and you can find hers's writing about yakutat at northernjournal.substack.com taking a look at the community calendar Students in the Sitka School District are released early today in honor of Elizabeth Paradovich Day. You can contact the schools for specific release times. In celebration of Elizabeth Paradovich Day, Sitka Public Library invites all to a morning of storytelling with Chuck Miller at 10.30 a.m. For more information, email maite.lorente at cityofsitka.org or call 747-4020. And the Sitka School Board holds a special meeting, including executive session, at 4 p.m. today in the district office boardroom to discuss the selection of an interim superintendent. The meeting will be followed by a work session for training with Lon Garrison, the AASB executive director. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. 